What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. can't give me what I want because you're not capable of it. Well, maybe you shouldn't have done this movie with me. I tried not to, but your little friend at the studio jammed you down my goddamn fucking throat. You were never right for this role, never. Oh, come on, that's bullshit. You just refused to believe it because you wanted someone else. This is ridiculous, it's not gonna work, not ever. Okay, you know what, you're the dictator, so you figure out a way to make it work. You're right, Vincent. You're fired. We always said if we had nothing, we could always go back to Queens. Happy Labor Day weekend, baby bros. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. We had a week off. We had a week off from talking about Entourage while I was down in Colombia. Colombia, what a beautiful country. We didn't go to Medellin. Unfortunately, we were just in the city of Bogota the whole time. Three whirlwind days, I shot a Mediterra commercial that I wrote, but we had two 18-hour shoot days. I was basically in a van going from the mountains to the jungle to the city and back again. Uh, I was optimistic and brought my recording equipment and my laptop, and Kyle Banduho was on deck to do... You know, maybe we were going to do, like, Welcome to the Jungle or something like that. But it just sadly didn't work. Sadly couldn't happen. Schedule was just too crazy. But if you have a chance to go to Columbia, highly recommend it. It's far. It's about a six-hour flight from Houston. So it was a full day of travel going there and back. I'm fucking exhausted. But I'm happy to be here talking with you guys about Entourage once again. Uh, check out my Instagram, at it if you're looking for some photos of Columbia. Speaking of Instagram... Our guest this week is Anthony, a.k.a. Entourage Quotes. He runs a very popular Entourage Clips uh, Instagram account. Go follow that if you haven't had a chance. I've had Anthony on a few times over the course of the past five seasons. He is doing something really cool where he actually created some Johnny Drama merch. The famous scene with Adam Davies where he says, I am the fucking game pal. Anthony turned that into a shirt, he turned that into a coffee mug, and he turned that into a pin. There should be photos of all the merchandise on the Oh Yeah Pod Instagram account, at Oh Yeah Pod. So go check that out, and if you're interested in buying any of it, the link to purchase is in the show notes of today's episode. One more episode left in Season 5, and then I will update you guys on the schedule for Season 6 as that rolls out. We're trying to line up a really good guest for Return to Queens Boulevard next week. Enjoy the episode, enjoy your long Labor Day weekend, and I will talk to you guys next Monday. I had him on for the Season 1 finale in New York. I had him on for Season 2's An Offer Refused, as well as Season 4's The Young and the Stoned, making his triumphant return to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the mind, the man behind the Entourage Quotes Instagram account. It's been a minute. Anthony, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Feels good. Feels great. You haven't aged today. <laughs> Neither of you, man. And we were just talking. We, we both just like, you moved out of San Diego. I moved out of San Francisco. We're doing kind of the suburbs thing. You have a newborn. Congratulations. Thank you. A lot of people were fucking in the pandemic. I just got to say that. <laughs> Everyone I talked to is like, got a new son, <laughs> got a new daughter. You know what? I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I guess the pandemic uh, had an influence on a number of people in, in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, this one was a good way for me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It's good to have a bona fide entourage expert back on the pod. Before we dive into this week's episode, and we are doing episode 11 of season five, Playing With Fire, you have some news or you have some merch more specifically. You have some stuff you're selling on your page. I think all Entourage fans will be excited to hear about this. Yeah. So um, I have always thought like, wow, there's an opportunity here to like do cool stuff with Entourage, but it was always just clips and, you know, that obviously took off. And I mean, it's been a freaking awesome wild ride and, and have I met some great people along the way, including yourself. Um, Thank you. And then I was thinking, you know, and I also kind of like, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but I do like art uh, in, in like kind of the style you'll see like the merch. But um, I always thought the scene with Johnny Drama and his little sort of face off with Davies in the very beginning when he tells him, you know, get him back in the game. And he's like, I am the fucking game. Like to me, that was like, there's a lot of things in the show that sort of stick with you. 
you know, Ari's got no, no shortage of it, but the, that scene with, with Johnny drama, I mean, to me is freaking all time. And, you know, as he walks out and turtle, he's like throws the chip in. So I mean, it's just that whole fucking scene just has just resounded for so long. So um, yeah, I connected with a, with a guy, put out a word on, on the page looking for artists. I mean, I can draw some shitty pictures with a pencil, but I wanted someone who had some digital expertise. So I found a guy, um, Tom Davies, uh, I'll plug him wherever I can plug him, but, uh, he, he, uh, he helped me make this art, um, which is super awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's obviously got the, the Johnny drama, um, you know, the scene where he's pointing at him, you know, I think he like, it's out of frame, but I think he like even, I think he hits his, hits, hits his chest and then, you know, <laughs> then he points at Davies. Um, so he's pointing. Time scene. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I'm looking at one of the pins right now. Um, and yeah, so the, in the background, there's his, you know, his, uh, his Lincoln and, and, uh, his tar helmet. And, uh, you know, the backdrop is obviously like, you know, the episode when he's, you know, all stressed out about his TV show getting picked up with Eddie Burns. And, um, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of background there, but, um, yeah, long story short, finally did that. It's been a, um, it's been, I mean, I don't know what success looks like, but a lot of people have, have purchased the merch and uh, yeah, I'm working on some new stuff with different characters and um super stoked on seeing what that comes out uh, to look like. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We're going to post images of everything you guys. So what, what type of merch? It's t-shirts, pins, what else? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my preference would be ultimately just like t-shirts and like a hat or something. But yeah. um, I mean, I, I was toying around with things and I was like, dude, like, the way this the way this art is set up it would be super sweet if it was like on a coffee cup like yeah who wouldn't want like to just like everyone likes to show off you know like they're 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 the fuckery on their coffee cup and, and yep. what better fuckery than you know johnny drama pointing out what i got, got the freaking finger of death pointing at someone saying uh you know he's the fucking game so there's the coffee cup i had some pins made for those for those like pin collectors i i personally don't collect a whole lot of pins but i know a few people that do and um, those have been a, bit, uh, a pretty big hit as well. Besides that, uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's just those three things. I, I might dabble into like a tumbler or something sure. um, or maybe like a shot glass and, and whatnot. But uh, for now, just, just T-shirt pins and, and coffee cups. Amazing. Shot glass would be awesome. So if you're interested in purchasing one of these awesome pieces of merch from Anthony, go to the show notes of today's episode. We'll include a link to all of it. And go to the Oh Yeah Pod Instagram page will post images of all of it. So go check that out. Follow Entourage Quotes if you aren't already. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already follow Entourage Quotes. But check it out. Support Anthony. I just like to support cool people. And uh, obviously, like you said, we're like-minded people. We met through this. And uh, it's great to have you back, man. Congrats on everything. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be back. Let's talk about Playing With Fire. It's original air date. November 16th, 2008. So this is a new question. I haven't asked this to you yet. Where were you on this date? Not the exact date, but where were you in life in November of 2008? Oh, so I, I looked at this and I, and I was thinking, where the hell was I? Um, I went, uh, I happened to, uh, I hadn't logged in Facebook in probably 10 years. So I, I, I was like, you know what? Facebook has a record of what I've been doing. So in 2008, I was at a beach house, uh, I guess, getting hammered with with a bunch of my freaking best buddies at the time, and still to this day at this. But yeah, it, it, I didn't uh, I didn't get to zero in. I, I think in November was the month yeah. that this episode came out. But uh, but yeah, in that year, I was uh, I was actually in Southern California, just at like a buddy's uncle's beach house, and uh, I thought like how freaking ironic. The only photo I have with a date in 2008 happens to be just like at a house that reminds me of like for some reason reminds me of entourage a little bit with like certain episodes and whatnot so. yeah what's her name's beach house from season one yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i mean it was uh yeah i guess that's that's where i was thanks thanks facebook after 10 yeah. or 15 years of not logging in you've, you've served your purpose for me so i appreciate it Anthony, you went the extra mile to answer that question. A lot of people go, oh, I don't know, I was in college and, you know, probably. But I guarantee you, 
if you were in a house on the beach in Southern California with a bunch of buddies your age, you were talking about Entourage or you were watching Entourage or Entourage was on in the background. So it comes full circle. Here we are, 14 years later, you have a son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was probably, I mean, I mean, I was probably just dropping subtle Ari, Ari quotes probably. There's yep. no doubt about it. I mean. They probably tilled. Yeah, I probably had a, um, God, I was obsessed with my Blackberry at the time. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I was just wheeling and dealing, flipping that around in my pocket. So what were the Blackberry messages called? BBMs? BBMs. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I remember that too. I remember like when they had read, read receipts or whatever they were called <laughs> and being like, yeah. this is creepy. This is fucking creepy that like people can read. Some people still have them. Those are yeah. very unique people. <laughs> Some psychotic people. Okay. I usually do like a time capsule on this date. A lot happened the week before Obama got elected. We talked about this last week. But there isn't like a lot of good like pop culture news in the middle of November of 2008. So here's some just kind of general movie news for this period of time. So in order, the number one films at the box office from the summer of 2008 through the fall of 2008. Listen to these five movies. We had Iron Man, Wally, Hancock, The Dark Knight, and Tropic Thunder. And then this week in particular, the second Daniel Craig James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace, came out like that Friday. I don't care who you are. That is a murderer's row of films. They literally don't make them like that anymore. It's it's wild. I, I remember this summer so vividly because I was just like at the movie theater being like, I can't believe they're doing a fucking Iron Man movie. It was so <laughs> cool to see that. What are you? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the, that's probably my favorite uh, Marvel movie for sure. Hancock. I mean, that was a killer movie. Will Smith. I mean, God, I hope you get, I, I hope you find yourself, sir. But Hancock was some good shit, original shit. I remember seeing Iron Man posters in downtown San Diego, like on like banners hanging off yeah. like street lamps and stuff. And I was like, who the fuck is Iron Man? Like what, <laughs> what character is that? I just knew like Spider-Man and all that, but um, man, what a kick-ass, what a kick-ass franchise. Um, wow. Great week for sure. And Bond, 100%. you know, Daniel Craig. Not one of the stronger Bonds, but still very cool Like that a James Bond movie came on the heels of the fucking Dark Knight. Do you remember the summer of the Dark Knight? I saw <laughs> oh, the, it four times. The Dark Knight. Yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, for sure. The, by the way, there's a Hancock reference in this episode of Entourage yeah. to bring it full. So I'm sure it was some sort of cross-promotional thing that they were doing. Uh, they did that a couple weeks ago with Mad Max. Mad Max came out and uh, Ari had the Mad Max trailer playing in his office. But I digress. Quick recap of this week's episode for those of you who haven't had a chance to rewatch. Turtle gets a late night booty call from Jamie Lynn Seedler and he leaves the smoke jumper's cabinet dawn, refusing to tell Vince why. And when a post-coital Jamie Lynn wants to take Turtle to her favorite restaurant and spend the day with him, he's in absolute heaven. Back on the set, after 50 takes, Werner still doesn't like Vince's performance. And when Vince finally loses his cool, Werner fires him. Ari then races to the set but is unable to patch things up and Vince... Eric, Drama, and Ari end up racing Werner to the studio to plead their cases to Dana Gordon. Werner insists that he's got calls into A-list actors to step in for Vince, while Ari pretends he's got Peter Berg lined up to replace the air director. But Dana insists they work things out. Refusing to make peace, Werner storms John Ellis' office, and when Ellis watches the rushes to decide what to do, he pulls the plug on the entire film. Despondent, Vince and the guys catch a flight back to Queens, cutting short Turtle's lost weekend with Jamie Lynn. Anthony. What was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? <laughs> it's just another like random small moment, but there's uh, I mean, there's a lot of great moments, right? I mean, it's um, we can get into it, uh, but there's just um, I, I guess I tend to seek out the obscure things, but like there's just another typical Johnny drama moment where he's like <laughs> talking about how he can get um, you'll have to we'll have to figure this out in post or something, but there's yep. he makes a comment about this guy Barbet Schroeder. <laughs> who I guess is like an old school producer or director or something. And, and, and Ari just has a line. It's like the perfect delivery. And he's like, how the fuck old are you? And they immediately <laughs> move on from it. And Johnny is just kind of, you know, his usual sort of unfazed. It was something like he was like an extra on, on a movie that this yep. guy made I, a I long was an extra for three days on uh, Barfly. A Barfly, yeah. Which he was nominated for Palme d'Or for in 1987. But I'm looking now. Barbette Schroeder is an Iranian-born Swiss film director who started his career in French cinema. I mean... Mickey Rourke, Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, he looks like... But it's a typical drama reference where this guy was hot in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> and he promises that he yeah. can do it. It's so good. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, obscure stuff for sure. 
Guilty. So good. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that should, we should file that one under favorite Johnny drama moments too. Drama doesn't do a lot this episode, which we'll, we'll talk Did about. Did Pete Berg call back? No, but his assistant assured me he got the message. You get him. You get me? You want me to call Barbat Schroeder? I did three days as an extra on Barfly. How fucking old are you? All right, what are we doing? My favorite moment is I liked learning Turtle's backstory a little bit. I liked, liked the scene with him and Jamie Lynn on the beach smoking a joint. She's super cool. He put up the 15 grand to get them out to L.A. on his bookmaking in high school. And then we did the name. We did the, the you know, not that anyone was really caring. It wasn't like I was sitting there going like, it wasn't like the Cosmo Kramer thing where you're, they're like, we got the first name. It's like, he just kind of slips in. He's like, oh, it's Sal. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, that tracks for me. Like, Salvatore, like he's a you know, Italian kid from yeah. Queens. Like, I like that. And for lack of a better word, it's nice. It's like a nice little, it gives more depth to a character that was like continuing to grow and, you know, evolve yeah. a little bit. So I like that scene. It just kind of made me feel good for lack he's of a better He's getting word. some wins, some big ones. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge this episode. You know, I was the one in the crew who made all the money back in high school. In fact, if it wasn't for me, Vince wouldn't have been able to come out west. Really? Yeah. Well, drama put us up, but it was my 15 Gs that covered all the expenses. You know, the flights, the food, whatever. How'd you make all that money in high school? Well, it's not like I sold drugs. I was a bookie. Very entrepreneurial. Not something I wanted to carry over as an adult. And I think that was a good move. I always wanted to open a restaurant. You know, good food, maybe some delivery. Called Turtles. Cute. Yeah. But doesn't exactly imply speedy service. <sighs> How about Kenny's? Your name is Kenny? No. <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys. You don't even ask what your real name is, because you'll never tell. I haven't been called by my real name since I was five years old. Even my mother calls me Turtle. Then I won't ask. It's Sal. Sal. Yep. I like that. How'd you like to spend the weekend in La Jolla with me, Sal? Really? Really. What was your favorite bros being bros moment this week, Anthony? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's obviously more Johnny drama lines, kind of like big broing it. But I mean, I sure. think uh, I think the whole the whole episode is about bros trying to be there for yeah. uh, for Vince, right? I mean, he's he's out on this movie set. He's he's you know giving it his best, and you know this this director for whatever reason is has an out for him or what whatever it may be, and whether he's doing a good performance or bad. Turns out later on we find out maybe he was doing all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, bros being bros to me, I'm, I'm taking the more sincere approach. I think it was just all of them trying to, uh, you know, look out for him, right? Like keep him yeah. in the movie or make sure that, you know, his interests are covered. So yeah, I think just, yeah, I think every single one of them in their own unique way was just like, how the hell do we protect Vince and like make sure that this is going to be successful or this whole whatever, you know, potential fire uh is, is gonna uh you know get extinguished whether it be by having already saved the day or you know telling this guy to go fuck himself whatever it is um yeah i think they were all just kind of coming together for him that was that was probably the bros being bros moment for me completely agreed e drama and then even ari just like flanking vince staying by his side while he's just so despondent he's at his lowest point of his career but then on the flip side i think even more bros being bros is turtle has this basically fantasy weekend with this A-list actress who's way out of his lead. And as soon as he hears that his boy is, you know, in trouble or that, like, he's been let out of the movie, he leaves. That's that's a bros being bros moment. That's a bros before hoes moment, if I can <laughs> do a callback to early 2000s. And yeah. um, Ultimately, though, I think the biggest bros being bros moment is just the collective of Vince, Drama, and E not pressing too hard when Turtle doesn't really want to talk about what he's doing or where he's going. Especially... When Vince catches Turtle leaving at like four o'clock in the morning, he's like, please don't make me tell you. And then even after they all press, like drama does this later on the plane, they just want to make sure he's not in any trouble. They're like, you good? Do you any gambling things? He's like, nope, I'm good. Thank you. That's yeah. respect. That's bros being bros. I don't need to know all your business. You don't need to be in all of my shit. I won't be in all of your shit. And, and I love that. So I would say this episode has the most bros being bros moments of any episode we've covered in the last two seasons or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I forgot about that. Yeah. Where are you going? 
Jesus, Finn, you scared the shit out of me. What are you doing up? My call time's in now. I'm getting ready to shoot. The real question is, what are you doing up? Uh, since I'm banned from set, I figured I'd head back into town and do that favor Dom needed. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but they said they needed us to take the car back to the leasing company, right? Not till the 1st. It's the 14th. Now, where are you going? You know I never lie to you, Vin. Please don't make me tell you. You having gambling troubles or something? No, no, I'm all good. All right, well, as long as you're all good. You all good? Yeah, I'm pumped about the scene today. You getting any sleep? Nah, I watched all my old movies last night. Werner was right, I do have some bad habits, but today I got my head on straight. <laughs> you're gonna kill it, Vin. You too, right? Trying to check me to tell you where I'm going? Never. Have fun. Um, but the whole covering for Turtle thing is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, good for him too. I just started watching Sopranos like during the <laughs> pandemic. So I was like, oh heck yeah, now this makes it's more sense. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird, especially because I only I, I first knew Jamie Lynn Seedler from from Entourage. I feel like a lot of people did, and then they went back and rewatched Sopranos. Now a lot of the older listeners right now are gonna be like, of course she was Jamie yeah, Lynn Seedler. Of, of course she was Meadow <laughs> Soprano. But for a certain age of people who didn't grow up with the Sopranos, it's different. So seeing young Meadow Soprano and be like, oh, she later goes on to give Turtle a hand job on a fucking awesome. trans awesome. flight. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what was your yeah. uh, what was your least favorite moment this week, Anthony? God, you know, it was honestly it was painful to watch the uh, the end scene when 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 um what's his name? Vern? I don't know, Werner. Werner. Yeah. yeah. Um was when he was just being such a little bitch in the room with yep. Dana, Ari. Yep you know and Vince and them like just kind of painful like nobody wants to sit there and listen anyone should talk on your you know your homie um and especially when so much is on the line and all that kind of stuff so like I mean that's just uh, my least favorite moment like just you know this guy is I mean he honestly had like some pretty some deep cut rips on on Vince you know like who's it takes so many people to manage like this talent or lack of talent or whatever and yeah I mean the whole that whole scene Obviously, it gets turned around or whatever, but like, yeah, a little, a little tough to watch. Um, that scene in general, I think, is tough. There's some good Ari lines. Dana Jordan has a moment. We'll, we'll talk about those, but I think in that scene too, like, he's trying to do it all like tough guy on Werner, and you know, Stellan Starsdard is not like two and a half feet on Kevin Connolly, and it's just, it's just, <laughs> it, it just, it, it's weird. It's like, I'm his manager, you jerk off, and you're like, yeah. okay, dude, r- relax. Like, this is basically a business meeting where people are getting like fired up. Yeah, the jerk off thing over... didn't land very hard for me. No, I, I kind of just like rolled my eyes. I was like, "All right, E, good, you go get him." I think Werner <laughs> did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they can't do their best work. He doesn't. Know I don't what... understand why they are here because it's a free country, and not Germany, circa 1939. Okay, Ari, right, oh, please. Listen, I should be on the set, on my set, working. I shouldn't be here wasting time explaining why this is not a workable situation. Dana, this guy has had it out for Vince since we started this movie. Who's this man? Okay, look, this is silly. We are a week into a production that is already over budget by $2 million. I'm over budget because I'm saddled with an actor that can't do the job. But listen, I got calls into Leo. He and I work together on a commercial in Austria. He's in Boston right now shooting Shutter Island. I got calls into other actors as well. Like who? Like Joaquin Phoenix. Booked. Christian Bale. Booked. Check. I'm take fucking Ashton Kutcher. All know, right, that's enough. Okay. Dana, what are you going to do? Because I'm not going to sit here and let this guy insult Vince anymore. Thank you, E. And I'm his manager, you jerk off. How many people does it take to handle one talentless actor? Look, Dana, I think I was doing a great job. At least I was killing myself trying to. But I'm not willing to take this shit either. So you tell me what you want to do. I know what I want to do. I want you guys to get back on the set and finish this movie. <sighs> Would be happy to. No, no, no! I'll, I will say, though, it's a small moment, and it's not good. And this isn't for the reasons why it sounds like it's not good, but so Andrew Klein has his first day at the Miller Dold Agency, or Miller Dold Klein, mm-hmm. whatever the hell they're calling it now. He walks in, and Lloyd runs over and is like, Ari, I need to talk to you. Does he knows about Vince? And Andrew goes, why are you standing there like you just swallowed a dildo anally, Lloyd? And it, like, lands like a fucking wet fart, and everyone just kind of looks at him, and... Ari like plays it off, but I told him to say that. That was perfect timing. I'm just like, why was that in the episode? Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't track for me at all. And I'm not like saying it because I'm offended. I'm just saying it's like, 
but like what the hell was that Lloyd's been nothing but decent to Andrew Klein and it just felt like what the fuck was that let came out of left field a little bit yeah for sure I mean there's definitely like I mean everyone loves his show because of the rips right but I yep. think I think some of them just are a little more blunt in later seasons and, and less like sort of uh clever or co- or coming from like a place of love like yeah. andrew klein doesn't love lord that was just something that like des ari told him to say so i completely yeah. agree with that statement like the the love is lost a little bit in these yeah. other seasons for sure a lot of love which can't wait to get to there he is welcome home andrew feels good Ari. <laughs> can we hit a titty bar to celebrate <laughs> ari talk to your talk. newest boss mr andrew klein In fact, everyone listen up. This is Andrew Klein. Today and every day, consider him me. And me the me, dealing with more important stuff than you. Are you you standing there like you just swallowed a dildo anally, Lloyd? (laughs) I told you he was me. I'm sorry. He told me to say it. And his timing was impeccable. What's up, Lloyd? He called. So tell him I'll call him back. It's about Vince, Ari. I need to talk to you about Vince also, Ari. So, So talk. My girlfriend works for Josh Hartnett's agent. She said they just called offering him Vince's role in Smoke Jumpers. What? He said it was urgent. Jesus Christ, get him on the phone. Now! So every week we talk about the most entourage moment of the episode. I don't think we did this when you were on the pod back in season four. So most entourage moment, Anthony, can just be whatever you think, like, entourage in quotes means. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, this one... This one's a toss-up. I mean, I, I'm just such an indecisive person sometimes because I just I keep thinking through like everything way too much. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I would say the the most entourage thing is like maybe it's maybe it's the Ari situation where like you know like you said just a second ago he starts off and he's talking about swallowing dildos up yep. Lloyd's ass and then all that kind of stuff and it's a little like. Argh. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then as soon as he kind of wakes the fuck up after that guy says like, hey, you know, my girlfriend is represents, I forget who, jo- Josh Hardick or something Josh Hardick, like that. Yep. Hartnett. Yep. Hardick. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you need to go see what's going on. Like, he immediately snaps into like, hey, I care about, care about my boy. Like, I'm going to go take yep. care of him. You know, there's, there's some, there's some quotes and whatever, but he flies in on a fucking helicopter. He makes some good, uh, he, he's got a few good like you know like oh, um well, german jew Ger, german yeah. jew type fucking yeah. uh that's dynamic <laughs> yeah so i mean it's kind of like he redeems himself and you see like the quality shine through and i mean i think that's like that's i guess that's more of the sort of ra take on sure. entourage quote moments but um yeah i mean i think i think like i think that you know he kind of comes in and is a little bit of a, a douche and then kind of snaps out of it like yeah. The rest of the episode is spent going, oh, he's a he's a good dude. He's he cares about his people, and ultimately, like he's you know he'll do anything for it. So, um, yeah, that, that, I think that's probably a, a, a signature Ari or sorry Ari, but entourage moment. Entourage Ari slash episode. entourage. Yeah, I mean Ari slash entourage for sure. At this point, end of season five, he's reached the mountaintop. He's one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, agents in Hollywood. So you're right. That interplay happens more and more often where half of his scene is being a dick to Lloyd or something like that. And the other half of the scene is like going to war for his number one client and sprinting all over. He's running this entire episode, Jeremy Piven. So we'll, we'll get to Ari's quotes moments a little bit later. It's, it's a good performance. My most entourage moment of the, of the episode. And it could totally, it could be anything. It could really be the helicopter. Anytime any character gets into a helicopter or goes somewhere else, well, that's very entourage, but it's the scene that we were just talking about where, they're in the boardroom with Werner and Dana and all the guys. And it's when Werner storms out to like bum rush John Ellis and everybody chases him. It's like out of a sitcom. Yeah. For some reason, Werner ambushes this boardroom meeting where the head of the studio is like at the head of the table and he gets the guy to drop everything to watch three minutes of smoke jumpers to make a ruling that somehow Dana Gordon could it. It is it is so overdramatic. It is almost comical, but that's what it is. It's a television show, and like yeah. they're racing around. Like, Somebody tackle him, and drama's like, should I get him? It's just like, what? What is this? What? Why are we running like this, guys? It's so to me that's entourage because yeah. everything has to be done in entourage so fast. There's never any time for anyone to breathe. It's always like we have to make, decide on this right now. 
Uh, it's just, to me, that just felt like the most Entourage moment. And I realize that my definition of it changes nearly every week, but uh, I don't know. That That's it for me. That's a good one. I mean, that I, when I when you first asked, I was thinking about, like, anytime I see Ari running, I'm like, yep. yeah, I like this that's shit. It. You know, there's, yeah. I mean, there's just so many, like, super memorable scenes where he's running around somewhere. And, you know, the I think I talked about it, one of the past ones with you where it's like, he's running but if anyone who's ever ran in dress shoes knows like oh, oh, oh fuck this is like i gotta like Slippery. you gotta like you gotta like place your feet a certain way you gotta balance a certain way and you, and you can see it when he runs and it's just fucking hilarious it's the attention to attention to detail that that uh, i think jeremy piven brings to it that's just fucking hilarious but yeah the running to the helicopter running from the helicopter yep. that scene you talked about freaking awesome i want to talk to john ellis well you can't <laughs> Where's John Ellis? Conference room. What the hell's going on? He's running for the chairman. Let me stop him? You cannot- John Ellis! Ellis! Oh, this guy's insane. John Ellis! Hey, what are you doing? John Ellis! Werner Volstedt, I need a word. Dana, what the hell is going on? Speaking of Ari, what was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode? I have three Ari ones. I think he takes the tape, but but please start. I, you know, I didn't want to be cliche. Sure. I thought, because I feel like I keep hitting the Ari stuff. But um, the end of this, the, it's, it's not so much that it's the quote. It's just seeing Dana Gordon own the shit out of someone else other than Jeremy Piven or Ari was freaking awesome. When she, when, when she snaps at Werner and is like, Get your fucking ass back here. Yeah, get your fucking ass back here. I hired you to finish this movie and paid you a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, and then Ari said, I guess this is the follow of like, I mean, he's like anyone else like turned on right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean. Do we shit. have an understanding? Yeah, I do. Seeing a woman get fired up. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess two quotes. I don't know. Just the, yeah. the her, her and him right there where he kind of does the look around thing. Sign off on him. Tell the crowd to grab his passport and get the fuck out. I'm not going to take any more of this shit. Oh, now. yes, no. you fucking are. Get your ass back here. I hired you and you have a movie to finish that you are getting paid a lot of money to do. And that is exactly what is going to fucking happen. Do you understand me? I do. Anyone else turned on right now? He does that same thing. Um, Fuck, I forget what it says. Barbara, oh, they're having that meeting in the that episode way back. And and, and he's like, Barbara's like, you know, your client has fucked half the clients in this town. And and Eric was said something like, I don't appreciate you talking about him like that. Yeah. Or something to that tune. And then and Ari goes like like kind of looks around confused, like, like, I thought that was a compliment, you know, something <laughs> like that. That's a good so one. It yeah. feels like another moment like that. It's just kind of That's funny. Good. But um, yeah, good for Dana. All right, Vince, listen, take a deep breath, relax, it's all going to be fine. E, how? Because the Jew has arrived, and he doesn't like Germans. There's a lot of Germany jokes, Werner, in that yeah. uh, meeting at the studio. I don't understand why they're all here, Ari. Well, because it's a free country, and it's not Germany circa 1939. <laughs> <laughs> and then, this is, I mean, it, it's gross, but funny gross. Ari, Dana Gordon owes me. Eric, so what? You really think she's going to let you replace the director? After what I did for her, she would let us double penetrate her if I asked her. The face that Eric makes is just perfect. Is anybody hearing that? He He's like, oh, like, I don't need to hear that right now. But that's how Ari communicates when he's stressed. It's, it's fucking perfect, man. It's, yeah. It was a red roof in. And, and what, what it? it was a red roof in and, and Cabo or something. Yeah. yeah. He, those, those references are pretty funny. And Encinitas, yep. I'm not getting rehired. You're not finding the director. It's over. Let's, let's get the fuck out of here. Seriously, at what point do we take back our self-respect? We take it back when I say, okay? Dana Gordon owes me. So wait, you really think she's going to let you replace the director after what i did for her she would let us double penetrate her if i asked her Ew. i didn't know where to put this so i'm just going to ask this question now so we see vinnie chase do take one of his scene and then we see him do take 53 and we see him do like a couple more takes i have two questions for you anthony and you're an entourage expert you watch this footage a lot you cut it together two questions can vincent chase act and if he can is he a good actor <laughs> I didn't hire him uh, to be. What is? What is he I didn't hire him because of his acting. I hired him because he's a movie star. Um, I, you know, I, um, I think this one remains to be seen. Yeah, um, 
no, I, I, um, I, w- I was thinking that same, same thing when I was watching do those takes and, um, you know, I, I think yes and no. Um, after seeing, I'm not going to be able to remember the movie name, but there was actually a movie with Josh Brolin that came out. It was about, you know, this Arizona fire, super tragic. Um, oh, nine brave souls. No, wait, wasn't yeah. that what that was? Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that oh, that's what it's called in the show. <laughs> that, honestly, like literally when I try to think of the movie, then the name of that movie, all I think about is like the, all the different titles or whatever for smoke jumpers. Only the brave, only the brave, only the braves. Sorry. Super <laughs> Can't good. Movie. I just said nine brave souls. Cause that yeah. was the original script name. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen the movie since it first came out, but, um, I don't know. I think, I, I think, there's moments where he's he's saying it, but his face is not reflecting it. Yep. You know, yep. and uh, when I guess when I watched the you know the the, the Josh Brolin one, I was thinking, oh, okay, shit, like this is really good acting yep. from every single one. Miles Teller, like obviously Josh Brolin is super good. Um, so I I don't know. I think I think he. Um, I think if I'm just being transparent, the the delivery of some of the lines was was okay, and then Vern I think had a point. I don't know if his face reflected the shitty situation that he was in, and having to make a call or tell your buddy to call your wife, who is apparently like he said, you know, a high school sweetheart. I don't know. I don't know if that I haven't been hanging from a tree, so I, I guess yeah. uh, a, a tree on fire and, and having to be in that situation. But I would imagine the passion would be a little bit a little bit more. So I, I might have to side with Vern, as unpopular as that sounds. Okay. First off, fifty takes is a lot of takes. The only person who does those types of takes is David Fincher, who famously does like ninety to hundred takes. Oh. <laughs> Mates after is like Jake Gyllenhaal. Love his movies, though. Yeah, love his movies, and he gets the and he and he likes to say it's because it removes all like self consciousness. By the fiftieth, ninetieth take, you're so just tired and exhausted, you're just doing the scene without being self conscious of the scene. I spent last week in Colombia, ironically, shooting a commercial, and we would do three to five takes per scene and then we'd try something else three to five different ways and granted that's a commercial not a million dollar multi-million dollar hollywood scene but if any actor has to do 53 takes they're going to be a little pissed off it might start showing on their face so my answer to this is i think vincent chase can act but i don't think he's a good actor yet because he's a professional in this he does 50 takes he's continuously acting Werner. What am I doing? Where do I start? He's asking for feedback. What do you want? What do you want? That's a good actor. That's someone who's listening to their director and trying to take that feedback. And even later in the episode, he's at the studio and he almost agrees to bury the hatchet. He stands up and sticks his hand out and tries to shake Werner's hand, basically being like, we can put this all water on the bridge. Let's go back to the set. And it's Werner who's the big fucking bitch about it and storms out and tries to find the studio head. Which I guess if we're on the topic like that dude's a fucking great actor oh stellan stars guard 100 percent. i can't think of any movies or, you know it kind of reminds me of the whole bradley cooper thing where like you see bradley cooper in wedding crashers and you're just thinking fuck this guy this is gonna be yep. the last fucking movie i see him in because no one's gonna want to watch a movie with this prick yep. and the next thing you know he's like you know he's in the fucking hangover and he's like yep. okay he's a prick but damn he's funny as fuck yeah okay? damn he's funny and I can't stop watching him. I yeah. can't stop staring at him. Yeah, that's yeah. that's movie stars. Smoke jumper, scene 43, 851. Cue the fire. And action. Wilson, it's McCabe. I'm code three. Wind's dragged me about 100 yards from the drop point, northeast. I don't think I'm going to make it, man. Can you call my wife? I need to talk to my wife. Um, take it from the top. And more passion. Where? Everywhere. All right, come on, let's do it. OK, action! Yeah, Wilson, it's McCabe. I'm 100 yards back. This will have to be the last take. Otherwise, we go into meal penalty. And- I don't give a fuck about meal penalty. You call my wife. Tell her I love her. Take it from the middle. From where? At the middle. Where I call my wife. Okay. Okay, action. I got to talk to my wife, Wilson. I'm not going to make it. Vincent. Can you call my wife? Tell her I love 
I need more passion. I, I should be fear and panic. You think this is it? And the girl you're calling, that's your childhood love. There should be sorrow, remorse, sadness. Action! Wilson, I don't think I'm going to make it, man. Can you call my wife? Tell her I love her! I don't see it! Uh. I can't see it! I can't see it in your face! You gotta show me that you love her! Give me what I need! I'm trying! But try harder! From the middle! Action! You gotta call my wife for me! It's lunchtime. Oh, shut up! You call my wife and you tell her I love her! Ah! Who taught you to act? Stop interrupting me! Then make me stop that! Make me believe that what I'm seeing is real! Make me believe I'm not watching a fucking high school you are, Cut me down. Cut me down. Oh, no. You'll stay there. No. You finish this scene, no. goddammit. Cut me down. Jesus Christ. He's coming down. Should I call lunch? No. All right. That uh, Stellan Skarsgård, obviously, there's got some kids that act, too. But, uh, but yeah, I think he's a, he's a pretty fucking good actor, too. But, yeah, I mean, I actually, I agree with you. I mean, you work in the industry. You see it. Uh, I haven't had to do multiple takes in front of a camera. But I would imagine based on family get-togethers as soon as the camera's rolling, I get pretty fucking awkward. So yep. I know it's yep. not easy. So, uh, but, um, you know, shout out, shout out to, uh, shout out to, to Werner. Cause uh, he's, uh, he's really hateable in this episode for sure. Best song. Every week we talk about music. This has probably the best soundtrack in season five, in my opinion. This is one of the best music episodes of Entourage in a long time. Shout out Scott Venner, music producer, Everyone go listen to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music Spotify playlist. It's in the show notes of today's episode. I've got five, but please. Yeah, I mean, I think effectiveness is when I think about this. I think, like, sure. God damn it, the, Ram, the Ramstein, Ramstein song. <laughs> yeah. I yep. mean, couldn't have fucking nailed it more. Um, there was a song Duhast. in the beginning. Duhast, while, yeah. while they're While they're running through the office trying to find John Ellis, it's perfect. The German director storming storming into an <laughs> office. You gotta play Duhast by Rammstein. <laughs> so good. I mean, and yep. the, the beginning, I, I forget what exactly is going on, but it's kind of like this electronic little subtle yep. thing that's happening in the song. It's super good. Um, the I don't Alchemist know the... Manifesto. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop all the names in here so everyone can listen. The Alchemist Manifesto by... A coat soul sounds. I don't know them, but it's when Turtle sneaking out of the cabin and didn't caught by Vince. That was um, if if I'm just talking about my music taste today, maybe more so like my work mix. I I kind of dug that song. I don't know if I would have said that back in the day. I think I would have been more caught up in like the Rage Against the Machine or sure. the the Ramstein. But um, but that but that song, I, I forget what you just said it was called. But it, I remember looking it up and I was like, oh yeah, that one's actually pretty chill, and that was a cool moment. That's uh, you know, Jerry's winning, and yep. um, yeah, that song that song is probably the one that that stands out for me for sure. Cool. I love Santa Gold and Unstoppable by Santa Gold oh, yeah. playing when Vince is fired, cutting to Andrew Klein starting his first day of work. You mentioned Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine when Ari finds out that Vince was fired. The last two songs of the episode, Wonders Never Cease by Morchiba. It's when Smoke Jumpers is dead and Ladane decides like. I guess we'll just go home. And then it cuts the turtle and Jamie driving and him getting the phone call from Vince. And last, when the boys are flying coach all the way back to Queens, we have Dream World by Robin Thicke. Really, really, really good song. Like a good mix in all that. A little was that before he was really big? I think so. I mean, Robin Thicke, this is 2008. I mean, obviously it's before, you know, Blurred Lines. But it's, it's you know, he he's the son of... Alan Thicke from Growing Pains, which I always love. Oh, that shit. Part. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the uh, the dad in Growing, Growing Pains. Uh, he's he's uh, the father of Robin Thicke. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Leo is in that, wasn't he? Growing oh, Pains? yeah, for, for just a season as, a, as an orphan. You don't see Leo doing the Growing Pains reunion, Josh. <laughs> okay, every week we talk about celebrity cameos, and there's really only one celebrity cameo in this episode. I don't know if you consider it best or worst, but Pete Berg is a big is a big player in Hollywood and, and you know, comes on to the comes in and like, you know, is a distraction and as a you know a, a red herring for Werner. What do you think of Pete Bird's performance? It felt like it was a little rushed in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um yeah, I mean I, I think uh I I mean I love Lone Survivor. I think that was just a freaking just legit yep. 
obviously Hancock, um, Battleship was a little bit of a, a, a sinker, but Left definitely out. entertaining. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, he was in so many movies before. I'm I I got to dig into like when he was acting more. But um, yeah, it was it was a little it was a little rushed, and I almost feel like I don't know if that's his actual wife or whatever. But she it almost, isn't, and we'll talk about not, that. I feel like yeah. she's. I just had, was watching this earlier today, and I was thinking, I feel like she's in this series somewhere else. Maybe maybe I'm having a weird. Uh, no, I don't moment. think she is. Because she plays herself. That's an actress named Joy Bryant, who we'll get to. I have her for faces in the crowd because you don't even see her full face in that scene. She just literally is like back to the camera yelling yeah. at Ari over the phone. But it's implied that they're married. It's implied that that's his wife. Yeah. But he calls her by her name, Joy. He's like, I got Joy here. We're going on vacation. And she yells at Ari. It's, it's a very, it looks like it was filmed with a handheld camera and it looks like they did two takes. And we're like, we'll just take the, we'll combine the two and we'll figure it out. Well, I got a call right now from Pete Berg, directed a little movie called Hancock. Made about a billion dollars. He was my college roommate. What's this crap? It's the end of the line. Pete, how are you, buddy? Hello, Ari. My man. What's up, man? You get my message? I got, yeah, I talked to your guy and I told him I cannot do it. I promised Joy we're going on vacation. We're going on vacation right now. Oh, yeah? That's fantastic. Yeah, no, no, I don't think you heard me. I said I cannot do it. I, we're going on vacation. Give, I, give I, I said no. I love it. Ari, Dude, I'm getting on the airplane. I'm not interested. Love you, Ari. All right, well, we'll talk soon. I love you too, buddy. All right, he had already read the script. He loves it. Sign off on him. Tell the crowd to grab his passport and get the fuck out. He's I've watched a bunch of behind the scenes stuff on a few of his movies, but um, but yeah, he uh, yeah, I, I it felt a little rushed and stuff. So I would imagine maybe it was one of those things where it was kind of like, hey, can we do this? I know Doug has talked about random moments where things just sort of all came together and worked out. Uh, maybe this was one of those moments where it was kind of like, hey, Pete, can you just can you just hop on real quick and. I don't know, fucking have someone hold an iPhone and film you or whatever camcorder in 2008 was popping off at the moment. So and it also could have been a promotional tie into Hancock as we hear Ari Doe, he, he directed Hancock and made a billion dollars. And, you know, it, it came out only three months prior. I just read that list of summer movies. This aired in November. Hancock must have just hit the theaters when they shot that scene. So, you know, again, it starts to become the, the the show does tend to become in its later seasons a bit of a promotional tool for not only product placement but movies and alcohol lines and cars and blah blah blah. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Pete Bird, Friday Night Lights, one of the best movies you know adapted into a television show, which he was a, a producer on, which one of my favorite television shows. One right around that time too, I think I looked that up. Yep. Yep, 2006 to 2011, it was awarded, I mean, it was nominated for two primetime Emmys. The Rundown, Hancock, and then five movies in a row with Mark Wahlberg. Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, Mile 22, and Spencer Confidential. Fun fact, he cast entourage actor and friend of the show, Jerry Ferrara, in Lone Survivor as well, in a very small scene. Uh, it was when Jerry got in the best shape of his life. So I wouldn't say it was, like, best or worst cameo. It just was cameo, like... Yeah, I couldn't really judge. I wouldn't say it was bad. I wouldn't say, "Oh man, that Pete Bird cameo in Entourage, iconic." You know what I mean? Just yeah, just a cameo. <laughs> what do we got for best perk? This is a new a new category. We haven't done this one yet. This is you know some sort of swag the guys get some sort something that like only a movie star would get or a movie star adjacent person. I mean, there's only one thing in my opinion. Uh, I mean, would this be like the example of like him getting Jerry Bruckheimer's helicopter? Exactly. Yes. Ah, only, only yes. entourage. He got it right, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes it's a cool watch. Sometimes it's a car. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's call Jerry Bruckheimer and beg him to borrow his ride. Essentially, it's just it's it's a very entourage moment. It's a very perk moment for sure. Lloyd, get Jerry Bruckheimer on the phone and tell him that I need to get to Big Bear fast and beg him to let me borrow his ride. Everything all right? No, but it will be. Another new category, keeper or sleeper, is the girl of the week worth keeping around a little bit more. The only girl in this episode is Jamie Lynn Seidler. We've kind of talked about her at length in the previous week's episodes, but I think we're in agreement. You got to keep her around. She's awesome. She's awesome next season. She's there in almost every episode next season. She's one of the best lawn-running female characters in the show, in my opinion. I have to agree. I mean, I like I said earlier, I watched The Sopranos over the pandemic and was like, I'd seen episodes when I was younger parents loved it great series really paved the way i think for a lot of other great shows breaking bad sure. stuff like that but um but yeah i mean absolutely 
and the best one for best one i mean best one just sort of like as a character appearance and i think also just like the the best one for turtle right i forget how it ends in the moment while i'm thinking it's been a while since i've watched this season but i mean it probably maybe even goes into the next season but um but yeah she's she's freaking fantastic man and it feels good. She's a good actor. Next week, Return to Queens Boulevard. She's having phone sets with Turtle this episode. <laughs> she invites him over for some late night sets, tapes him out for some jambalaya, smokes a joint on the beach with him. I mean, they always talked about how this show is just like uh, wish fulfillment. That's wish fulfillment. That like yeah. an A-list actress is like just the coolest, most down-to-earth chick ever. Next season, buys him a car. Uh, just just show me that girl, Anthony, and you know, there'll be a line out the door. I just, yeah. I don't think it's possible to be honest. His face when she asked him to like stay the next yeah. morning and have breakfast or whatever. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's like nailed it. Like that's, that's the expression you probably have. It's a good Jerry performance. Just a little subtle moments where he just kind of looks at her. Like, I can't fucking believe this is what I'm doing right now. It's, it's great. So how would this episode be different today? Plot wise? Gosh, I mean, fuck, I don't even uh, know where to start. I mean, I think, um, uh, I think, you know, the 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 dildo swallowing is probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. And 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 I think uh, I don't know. I think I think uh, the like the Jew German jokes will always be fine as long as it's the German that's taking the heat. So maybe yeah. that would be fine. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine a German actor <laughs> like make fun of a yeah. Jewish director in Hollywood? Yeah, that would fly. <laughs> that wouldn't. That wouldn't make the absolutely. Yeah. You want to hear what I got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's what would happen. The movie would not be shut down and Vince would be immediately replaced. Because it would be a Netflix or Amazon Studios production. They would have a $100 million budget. It needs to go to streaming services by Christmas so everyone could watch it while they're home. And they would have a line of B-list actors just waiting to replace him. It would be like... It wouldn't be yeah. these Josh Hartnett's and Leo's and all these people that Werner lists. It would be like Zach Efron, James Marsden, these dudes who are like good-looking younger dudes who can act that yeah. can easily slot into that role, and you wouldn't think twice about it. So that's James Marsden, sold. Yeah, easy. That's James. <laughs> Mar- James Marsden's written all over that. That's what would happen. I got James Marsden on speed dial. He can be in Bid Bear in three hours. He's reading the script in the car as we as we speak. So 100%. that's it. Like it, th- there would be no like it's over budget. It's over. It's too. They figured it out. That's backups. All these studios, these streaming studios, all they want is content to build their library so that they can upcharge uh, new subscribers and make money. So that's what they want. They're not going to stop production of the movie. Like. We're getting some news now at Batgirl is just, uh, you know, uh, acts by uh, DC and Warner Brothers. But, like, since it was like a $90 million movie, someone is going to pick up Batgirl and finish it because they want to have that in their library. That's just how yeah. this thing works now. Yeah, I, I, I think there's way too many uh, studios and, and, and it's less about big bookable actors and yep. more just, like, more content for the portfolio. So, yeah, that makes sense yeah, for sure. Exactly. Okay, I mentioned this earlier, but faces in the crowd. This is someone in the background who might have a bigger career outside of Entourage. And I'll talk about Pete Bird's maybe wife, not really wife. He was never linked to this actress, Joy Bryant, ever as a romantic partner. But in the show, for some reason, it it has her. And Joy Bryant was a fashion model. She was in advertisements for Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, Dap, and Victoria's Secret. But... She then had her breakout role being tasked by Denzel Washington in the biographical drama film Antoine Fisher. She was then on ER. She has been in Spider-Man 2, mm. The Skeleton Key, Get Rich or Die Trying, and the historical drama Bobby. If anyone hasn't seen Bobby, the 2006 movie, check out Bobby. It's got an incredible cast. I guess Joy Bryant's in it. She's been on Familyhood. She played all six seasons on Familyhood. Uh, as Jasmine Trussell, and then she was also in the HBO series Girls and Ballers. So she has a big acting resume. Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah, for Bobby? Bobby? Yeah. Uh, seriously, if, if you guys are looking for something to watch tonight, you can find Bobby on the streaming services. It is the, like, slightly fictionalized version of what happens to Bobby Kennedy the night that he's shot, and it gives you a snapshot of all the different characters from a busboy to a PR person to a driver, etc., it's good. So I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but yeah, that does look good. I'm gonna definitely check that out. I love those kind of movies for sure. Who do you have for Six Man Award? This is someone who just makes the most of their minutes on screen. Dude, honestly, the the dude who said, <laughs> I I know he's in other episodes, but it's the the guy who's like, hey, like fucking listen, my girlfriend works with uh, yep. 
Josh Hartnett. Yep. Like, Raj. Yeah, Raj. Yep. Raj, Raj, yeah. Raj saves the day. Like, if it wasn't for, yeah, because he's, you know, already so caught up in being superior or whatever, you know, to whatever it is with Lloyd, you know, Lloyd's not going to deliver game changing news to him. So, um, Raj, Raj, uh, Raj is the sixth man here because he's the one who kicked off this, this retaliation or this, this, uh, defense, this defense among the, the bros. So, sure. I love that. The actor's name is Frank Maharaj. He's been in some good stuff. Big Bang Theory does a voice of Al- on Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know, he's not, you know, he's a working actor, 45 credits to his name. Nothing super, super high profile, but like, did an episode of Modern Family. He's in eight episodes of Entourage over the course of like four or five years mm-hmm. as Agent Raj. Famously, he has a scene with David Schwimmer where he's pitching him like terrible ideas and Schwimmer's like, boy, thanks for all that input, Raj. Especially yours. <laughs> I'll have to do that. Thing. So, love yeah. that. Um, I have Dana Gordon because of that scene that you talked about. Just that moment yeah. where she fucking loses it on Werner. Get your ass back here. I hired you and you have a movie to finish. I'm You were getting paid a lot of money to do it. And that is exactly what's going to fucking happen. Do you understand me? Ari's great line. I do understand. And anyone else turned on right now? She just, <laughs> I mean, she's a rocket and she's yeah. gorgeous and she's a woman in power. And like everyone's kind of scared of her. Like you got a lot of like Vince and E like looking at each other out of the corner of their eyes. Like, oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Like don't fuck with her. So I love that. Yeah, she's awesome. And then I don't know if you'd consider Werner a sixth man because like he's just a, you know he's, he's one of the many actors in this episode but the meltdown throwdown fight with vince is pretty fucking good like it's pretty clear adrian's a little outmatched with stellan Skarsgård, but like Werner being like who taught you how to act vince is like stop interrupting me and he's like make me stop then make me believe what i'm seeing is real make me believe i'm not watching a fucking high school play that's <laughs> fucking brutal dude and that's really well delivered it's not overwritten it's just it sounds like something in, that someone in the heat of the moment would yell and, and i like that for that reason yeah okay anthony what was your favorite what was your favorite johnny drama moment from this week's episode part uh johnny drama for sure i you know he's got a bunch of good lines throughout the show you know he's 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 talking about rushing in to help baby bro and all this stuff but i mean i i just i have to go back to just the obscure Johnny drama moments and the subtle, the subtle ones, um, you know, he brings up that moment, you know, where he could uh, get work. He was an extra on uh, Barfly in the eighties with some obscure produ- producer director. Um, and it's just so classic. And, and it, honestly, the reason why I think it's my favorite is because it just reminds me of the older seasons, which I'm, I know we all love um, where it's just very classic. It feels very, feels very in character, very just like, hey, whoever's writing this line right now, like, gets it. Um, yep. And uh, obviously Ari's reaction to it is just even funnier, right? Like, how fucking old are old you? Are so, you? like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one is, yeah, it just feels very old school, natural Johnny drama type uh, one-liner, to, uh, you know, one-liner quote, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, I feel like that one's that one just, that one hit for me for sure. He doesn't have a lot to say this episode, sadly. Last week's episode was a strong Johnny Drama episode, but there's one scene when they're waiting for John Ellis to make the call on whether or not Smoke Jumpers is, you know, still gonna be a movie or whatever. And Drama goes, You should have let me take him down. And he goes, I don't think it would have helped much. And he goes, It wouldn't have hurt. Shred I could have shredded ACL. his ACL in a flash. How the hell are you gonna shred like what are you gonna do? Like you know, go low on him, drama? Like drama you know how to do that you have the perfect form tackle like you're an nfl player it's hilarious it's just the hubris behind that statement is just so funny to me yeah classic so so like what the fuck but like okay all right yeah for sure you should have let me take him down i don't think it would have helped much it wouldn't have hurt i could have shredded his acl in a flash how does a guy like Ellis make a decision like that based on three days of footage? It's his studio. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, uh, what if he doesn't like what I did? He'll like what you did. You like what he did, right? I was banned from the set, mostly. He'll like what you did. Word to the mother, bitch. They keep sucking down that tar, Berman. I feel like we're, like, retreading stuff we've already talked about, but was there a particular Ari Gold moment that you love? Was it the, the Barbette Schroeder reaction? Or, I mean, I just feel like all of Ari's moments are so good in this episode. We talked about it, but he's sprinting everywhere and motherfucking the German director to his face. It's incredible. Piven's just like on another level this entire episode. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, absolutely. Right. Like there's, there's lines that are sort of out of character, I think for him, or, you know, could be, could be, I don't know, hate to insult writers, but like, I feel like could be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, clever, or like you said, like, you know, I maybe have some enduring qualities to him, whatever it may be. I, I don't know what you, you just have to, when you, when you hear it, you know it. Um, I think like there's, um, he makes a comment towards Werner about like not even being able to do like a dare, a dare Wiener schnitzel commercial yep, or something like that. Great. Super funny. So I mean, good. just like, this like, you know, you're going to be a sideshow freak in the Santa Monica pier. Like, you know, something <laughs> like that is just, uh, um, and maybe I, I don't know if I brought two quotes together on that one, but like, uh, but yeah, just those, those fucking, those references, like, you know, Santa Monica pier, you're going to be, yeah, a, a laundromat and and uh, Rancho Cucamonga or something yeah. like that to Lloyd, like all those those references. Yeah, you're so, yeah, they're just so good. So like that one immediate the the Derviner Schnitzel commercial definitely took me back. Like those those sort of more old school RA type quotes. When you took this movie, Vinny Chase was attached, and that's how you will finish it. Are you threatening me? If you consider me telling you that you'll be lucky to get a Der Wiener schnitzel commercial in this country if you don't go back to work, then yeah, it's a fucking threat. <laughs> I don't respond to threats, Mr. Gold. This conversation is over. Nothing is over. When I'm done with you, it'll make the Battle of Normandy look like a game of fucking paintball. <laughs> I think I've hit every Ari Gold beat for myself, so let's just move on to uh, who besides Vince won the episode. I think it's Ari for me. I don't. I don't mean to like. We could say turtle, but like, let me hear what you got. Sorry, I'm stepping on you a little bit. No, I mean I like to be stepped on. Um, I because I agree. <laughs> I think when I first started watching it, I, I immediately remembered the episode and was like, oh, dude, Jerry, Jerry's got this yeah. one. Because I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like Ari's always doing this stuff, right? Like yeah. he's he yeah. crushes it, and you know Jeremy does a freaking killer job of doing that. And it's, um, but but uh, but Jerry, I mean that that. Uh, that's that 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 whole story arc and and everything i mean i think it's great for him and it's very enjoyable for for the show but i also think that uh you know i think jerry just kind of crushed it like you know yeah. like, how the fuck like you, you know like meadow soprano like that had to be so big i mean she that's still big right like yeah you're nobody or you're like a no you're like an actor's friend and you know you're not here with this like major movie uh, or T, whatever, whatever. I don't know how many yeah. movies she's got in her belt, but I mean, at the same time, Sopranos, it was so massive. It had to have been massive around the time still. So, um, yeah, I think, I think he, uh, I think he won the episode. He got, he got all that cool, he got the cool moment with her, uh, the booty call. And then, yeah. you know, he had it, the endearing moments with uh, the name on the beach and all that. So, like, yeah, I think, I think for me, side story from the main part, uh, main sort of plot, but, um, yeah, I think he I think he crushed it. Yeah, it's it's Turtle or it's Ari, but you're right, Ari wins a lot of wheat, so let's give it to Turtle. Turtle yeah. Turtle's been winning a lot lately. <laughs> He's uh he deserves it. Uh shout out Jerry. And as we know, Jerry and Jamie Lynn were actually dating at this time. So that's so their oh, chemistry shit. on screen is real. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Wow. See, I'm not, know that? I'm not I'm not the man. super fan. I didn't know that. I was about that. to say, what are you doing here, man? Give the account <laughs> over to somebody else. I'm the, I'm, yeah, the highest bidder. Uh, you know, <laughs> I guess super fan of the show. I guess I didn't know that. Um, Jerry, if you hear this, I'm sorry. But uh, congrats. <laughs> Last question. Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage? And we can do pluses and minuses. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I think it's, I mean, if we're talking about the season itself i'm gonna say relatively speaking i, I think it's like a b b minus to the yep. season. um i'm a little more critical i'm I, as i mentioned before I'm, i love seasons one through four so i i mean i would probably give this a c on yep. the whole but but for this season i mean i think yeah b minus i love that I said maybe I'm too critical. No, dude, you 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 spend a lot of time cutting this stuff together and watching a lot of footage from seasons one to four. Like yeah. it, it doesn't compare. That's that's the thing. And I've said this a few times, but I remember these Smoke Jumpers episodes as not being as good as other Entourage episodes. But upon revisiting revisiting them now for this podcast, I like them a lot more. So yeah. I will give this just like a solid B. All those Ari lines, plus there's some real dramatic tension when Vince and Werner have their blow up and. Then the episode ends on an actual downer. It's not just like, oh, Vince might not be able to get this movie. It's like a real, like, we have nothing left and we are going yeah. back to Queens. 
I loved it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so happy to have a chance to revisit. I'm so happy to have a chance to revisit with you. Thank you for hopping on and uh, rejoining us here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'd love to have you back next season. I know you're not as fond of six, seven, and eight, but a lot of episodes <laughs> to get through, man. So and you got a lot of time. Uh, there, every too. every season has has a, has a couple of good episodes. That's right. um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously the one through four to me, like I, I I love every single episode. I don't think. I mean, obviously we're, we get a little bitter with Vince towards the end of season two, but everyone else is shining, you know, Ari's going through the agency stuff. So, I mean, there's just like, there's always good stuff going on. So, um, but yeah, thanks for having me. And I, I freaking like, obviously I love the show. It's, it's, um, I mean, I've posted some clips now, um, multiple times and I mean, they're still so, so good. I mean, some more than others, uh, others, obviously, but, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's, uh, it's always pretty sweet to see all the feedback and, you know, new people are always joining and bots, I think, are dropping off or people <laughs> might be getting sick of the page. So I do see yep. some drop off, but like, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's um pretty sweet. So uh, thanks again for having me. And I, yeah, I'd love to come back, man. It's, it's, it's always a blast. Follow Anthony's Instagram page at Entourage Quotes. Check out the merch that he created at the show link at the link in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next Monday for Return to Queens Boulevard. <sighs> Sorry I'm late, guys. Where you been, Turtle? <sighs> no way, just running some errands. How you doing, man? Hey, we always said if we had nothing, we'd go back to Queens. Everything's going to be all right. It always is. <sighs> Seriously, Turtle, what's the big mystery? Where you been? No mystery. Just had some stuff to do. What stuff? Don't worry about it. You okay? Been better.